This is Season 3 of Views of the Bridge, a podcast about your Philadelphia Union. We're part of the Beautiful Game Network. You can find all things BGN at BGN.FM. Let's get right to it. Looks like he's lining up for a shot. Jacob Glesnes is going for it. Is. Oh, my oh. God! Gaddis, Ray with options, will cross us in, and it's back home by Casper Shabenga. What a slide tackle by Jack Elliott. Back to that shutout for Andre Blake. Fontana will give it a strike. Anthony Fontana has the go-ahead goal! One of the best teams across the league. But my word, Jim Curtin has pushed all the right buttons in 2020. And nobody will be able to take away the trophy from Jim Curtin and the Philadelphia Union. This is a five for five city. Put some respect on our name. Let's go, dude. Good things happen in Philadelphia. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. Champions League finalist Philadelphia Union? Maybe. We'll get there. We got a lot to talk about, so I wouldn't go that far yet. But, you know, Hi getting ahead of myself already which is probably a bad idea evan here uh joined by two out of the three lovely folks that accompany this on on this this journey through philadelphia soccer time and space uh justin ashcraft is here what's up evan no oh, you know living life i'm at a standing desk now for these which is irrelevant to anybody listening and is also your visual for the audio there you go uh but it's a it's a it's a weird adjustment yeah i don't know what to do i don't know what to do with my legs now we definitely shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. I mean, we got a lot of we got a lot of soccer to play before we even play yeah. the semifinals. So yeah, yeah. And uh, hey, someone that probably has a lot of opinions on the quarterfinals, Chuck Booth. Um. Uh. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh. Well, I mean, it's just like, I had a lot of I opinions. Maybe I can't even like sure. project that far ahead at this point mm. but wouldn't it be nice the you the union season in a nutshell uh <laughs> <laughs> and and justin let's talk about it uh we've roughly not recorded in uh about a month no we will re- oh, we did record we did. <laughs> we did record it just disappeared off the face of the planet Maybe we'll have to go to deep space and get it. I don't know. Would that be – that would be – you know what? We should normalize podcasts putting out episodes that were recorded like two, three weeks ago. We could try it. No. <laughs> I mean, the no. good thing is that I'm, per- I'm pretty sure that podcast did age relatively well. Mm. Maybe I'll throw it out as a bonus episode this week. No bono? That's nothing like here's – our, here's our old content. Thank you for listening. Uh, right. Four games have been played since that was actually yeah. um, recorded, but and the union have won about half of them. Just about, just about, just about. So we'll talk about it. April twenty fourth. Inter Miami two, Philadelphia Union one. It's fine. It's stupid. Hated it. Oh God, what a rollback. Um, yeah. I mean, I, re- I mean. We just did I the union just didn't look prepared yeah. for that game. I mean that was No, no. And I honestly I think so they haven't really looked prepared for any of the MLS games until we get into this month. No, I um, a rough start for sure. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, I think that that game is kind of just the poster child for my hate of the 
Glesnus Elliott central defense mm. pairing um, until we found out that Finley is hurt while Can now us. recovering. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they look bad. And then I, because I think what was so weird to me at least was the Champions League, it was like, oh shit, this is like a good team. And then you get in league play and it's a draw against Columbus, which fine. Lose to Inter-Miami, like lose bad to New York City. And then you draw Atlanta, advance to the to the semis of the Champions League. And then now finally, in the last nine days, ten days, by the time everyone's hearing this, it's beat Chicago, tie New England, beat Red Bull. Well, I mean, it shows you a couple of things. Um, one, Saprice is really bad. Like, yeah, really, great. really bad. Not great. Um, and also, I mean, Atlanta's pretty bad, too. Um, like, because realistically, none of their players looked mildly threatening, except Dom not getting in good positions and then not being able to do anything from those positions, which okay. is also just kind of how the union defense has been playing all year because they let everyone get into <laughs> positions where they should theoretically score goals and then teams magically don't and some of that is through Andre Blake and some of that is just through wishing I will say I don't like to your point about Glesnaz and Elliot uh they they are they are sometimes not great until someone tries to take a shot. Yeah, they've and and I mean they have come around more lately. Um, yeah, once they've gotten extremely aggressive. But it seems yeah. But that's the thing is it seems like every time someone takes a shot, both of them are in front of it to yeah. block it. But it's like until the ball gets there. Yeah, I mean, I think the Elliot are nowhere to be found. Yeah, I would say I would, I think the anticipation of this entire back line is as a whole is insanely good because I mean even mm-hmm. in some of the more recent games you see um Kai Wagner absolutely just laying out in positions where he shouldn't even see that the ball is coming mm-hmm. and stopping good chances from coming in and even um Olivia Mbizo who we've more been talking about recently for Mm. the crosses that he's putting into the box has been stopping almost everything down his flank. Yeah. Um, And uh, you know, what's nice. And part of my theory, actually I'll back up part of my theory on why Glessness and Elliot have been a little bit better is because Stuart fin- Finley's actually in training now to push them. Um, it, which, you know, it might seem trivial or, or like a no-duh moment, but I, I think it really helps when there's actually someone breathing down your neck because, like, Colin's not going to be that guy. Um, and then they don't really have an out-and-out center back outside of those guys. Yeah, who is the fourth center back? Is it, I guess, Finley Turner Colin- at this point? Oh, uh, Harriel, maybe? <laughs> they would either slide... Well, they're either going to slide... I mean, it's either him or Real sliding over, right? 
Yeah, that's one but, of the two. But where does Horvath, I guess, count, even though he's dead or something? Real's fifth midfielder at this point. Well, yeah, there's that. Okay, yeah. so nobody? Who would have thought we were going to go into the season being Matt Real is the first person off the bench half the time? <laughs> how? how uh, I, I haven't... I haven't hated it. No, I'm not very wishful thinking on 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 my end. Maybe I would have hazarded a guess, but given where he plays, I don't think I would have been like, yeah, but they'll play midfield. Um, it's been nice. Yeah, I'm not complaining at all. I'm just saying, yeah. if you started this yeah. season and you were making predictions and you were like, hey, in the in half of the games, who's going to be the first substitute off the bench? I'm not <laughs> calling Matt Real. Matt Matt Real. Um, well, and also, if you are, you're very concerned because you think um Kyle Wagner is completely checked out of Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's like yeah. playing 60 minutes and then being like peace out. Yeah, yeah, he's like I got to go talk to my agent about not being here. Uh <laughs> thank you. Mm. What's also nice and unfortunately he's not here to defend his terrible take, but not only is Corey Burke who Y'all, it's still there's no E. There's never been an E. It's just C O R Y. That's it. I get it, Scory. It you know it has an E in it, but his name is just C O R Y space B U R K E. It's not that difficult. He's only been with the team for five fucking years now. It's just C O R Y. That's it. There's there's no E in Corey. Anyway, I'm sorry. He's scoring goals. Doesn't matter. Don't care how you spell it. He's getting on the score sheet. But so is Casper Shabelko. He's been with How the team. For, he's been with the team for three out of the past five years. <laughs> right, right. He's been physically here for yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the strikers are scoring goals, except for well, except for Santos. But uh, goals are happening. Santos. I mean, but that's the thing for me. Santos is doing a lot other than scoring. Like he might not be scoring goals yet, but like he's dangerous. Just about everything else, and yeah. like, and he makes teams like he makes teams think about the fact that he's on the field. I don't think that Corey Burke does that as much. You know, I don't think that Corey Burke, like, I don't think that Corey Burke takes as much space on the field as what Santos does. Santos takes so much space on the field. Like, you have to, you know, he can generally most of the time occupy a center back and an outside back, like, because he's running those channels and different things. And I don't think that Corey Burke, not that Corey Burke, not that it's bad that Corey Burke is scoring goals. I'll take Corey Burke scoring goals, but. I think Santos takes more space on the field. Well, what space are you asking them to take up? Because Corey Burke is taking up one that rises to eight feet in the air while Sergio <laughs> Santos is taking up everything on the ground. Horizontally, Sergio Santos. Vertically, it's it's Corey Burke and occasionally Casper Shabilko's elbow. Um, but uh, fuck Matt Turner, so it doesn't matter. At least it's <laughs> not as much space as... Jose Martinez's fist. It's true. Did I say, oh. did I say that? Oh no. Oh, and that has... was that was just such a mm. bad red card. Mm. We I, we were all messaging back and forth after seeing yep. that, and it it was just like, yep, no defending that one. Yeah. Um. Bad. And then um, immediately, oh, he is now out until uh, May twenty third. Yep. Hey, which uh, is this weekend? Uh, <laughs> speaking of, uh, and then I think like a, a fine enough. So that game, like fine enough draw against New England, whatever. I I'll take it. And then um, I 
didn't love the way they played against Red Bull. You're not supposed to. I, I don't think I don't think I've ever watched a game where the union have played Red Bull and just been like, you know what? They played a great game. Like mm. I, ju- I just don't think that exists. It's always very grindy. Really fun to watch because know, there's I mean, got to be one. But th- but this game is just literally two teams punch each other in the mouth and the union punch harder so they win. Yeah, I, I mean a good finish by Corey Burke. I don't know how he managed it's, to get that in there. It's just real. It's just really funny because the rebels wants to play like the union so badly that they so started funny. Carlos Cornell in net to gift that goal. Yeah, a little bit. Because it shouldn't have went in. Not really. No. No. <laughs> there must have been flashbacks to like Bethlehem Steel training or something. <laughs> They're like, oh, Corey, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, True statement. And then um, what else we got going on here? I mean, listen, we are one of the last four teams in the Champions League, which is crazy. I mean, it's clear to me. Like, that's the thing for me. Like, I'm, yeah, I don't think anybody is terribly thrilled with the way the Union – season started or at least the first three or four mls league games started um and i don't think anybody's looking at that and going man i'm really happy with the way the union performed this season um when it comes to mls i'm not i'm not talking about no i mean actually i have good things to say about mls post nycfc yeah yeah no no no, that's what i mean i I think we that's what i mean I, i don't think anybody can look at the first three or four games and say like, man, I'm really glad the union started out that way. However, I think you see then how much energy, time, space, like training focus they were putting into the games against Saprissa and Atlanta. And I think that definitely took away from what they were doing on the weekends in MLS play. And I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at this point. You know, I like my fear was that we would have continued down that road in MLS and looked bad in MLS going forward. Um, but we didn't. And that's the thing. So like after three or four games in MLS or up until the NYCFC game, I'm going, man, we suck. And like, we're, it's going to be a rough season and some, but somehow we're making it through these champions league games. But then it seems like things have turned around now and we seem to be able to like, we are matching up well against MLS teams. We're playing well against MLS teams. And so I think you just, I mean, that's just part of the process. Then I think you see how much time and space and focus we were putting on those games. And that's why we weren't performing well on the weekends in MLS play. And also, I mean, you want to look at the strain that CCL takes on your team. Um, Just look at the damn table. Uh, so Atlanta's in fourth, which their CCL run basically didn't count because they truly played no one and actually got to rotate. Mm -hmm. Um, Columbus, whatever their name is today is in 11th. And honestly, they can hold all the L's they want for that rebrand. I don't really care what they do this year on the field. (laughs) Toronto's in 12th and even... Portland is in ninth in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. So if you look at what the other teams that are involved are doing, 
the union are doing pretty well for themselves, considering that um, their depth is a bunch of 16 and 17 year olds that <laughs> Jim Curtin still mostly refuses to play. Yes. Yeah. They're not ready yet. But well, apparently, one is. Apparently, is. It's true. Great. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's what I, yeah, that's what I mean. I think it is, it does take a, it does take a strain on your team. And I think like, it is great that we get this benefit this year of, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we finally got to CCL and we get a three month break between, uh, the quarterfinals and the semifinals. So yep. we'll take it. And just like, um, for the month of May over 15 days, this team has played five games losing one drawing two, winning one winning two like i'll take that run especially considering you're looking at their next games on full rest are dc united and then portland and i mean the thing is like now you get martinez back who missed what the second atlanta game plus Mm -hmm. has now missed three mls games um, well, for counting the one he got kicked out of uh, 16 minutes into the game. So you're, you know, he's now missed four games and is coming back. You've got, um, now you you might at some point be able to get a rest for guys like Flock and Bedoya. Well, Bedoya is never going to sit, but like you get a rest mm-hmm. for Flock and, um, you know, and I, I think that's the thing that is going to help this team greatly going forward Is is you've kind of played the stretch of games and you've played it with, you're right. A bunch of 16 and 17 year olds on the bench and Matt Real. And then you're now having this opportunity to some of those guys who have started every game since the beginning of the season now are going to be able to sit for a game or two, you know, and I think that that's going to be key, but they're not going to rotate because Curtin doesn't rotate, but although we're getting, we're getting to a point where I'm struggling to figure out what our midfield rotation is. Um, Matt Real. Because, I mean, at first, uh, Leon Flock was a left-sided number eight starter. Um, Then uh, basically didn't miss miss much of a beat in replacing um, Jose Martinez at the six. And in some ways looked better at the six than he's actually looked on the left side of the midfield. Mm -hmm. But you still have Martinez there who obviously is going to get his spot back. And I will not listen to anyone who says to start flock over Martinez long-term, especially considering the games, the flock was at the six, four. I think the thing with flock, like, I think I, yeah, I mean, he has looked really good in the middle of the field and I think, but that's only going to help him back on the left side of the field too. You know, I think like the team has looked better as we've had um, more rest or more able to, you know, focus on these MLS games and all this kind of stuff that I think like when he comes back on the left side of the field, I think, you know, he's going to have more chemistry with everybody now because he's been in the middle of the field and that sort of thing. Um, So I think he's going to look good, but I think also what it does is, is you took a chance on this, you know, this 20 year old from Germany's whatever division. And, you know, I think what it does now is you're able to, I mean, if you want to sit Bedoya, you could actually sit Bedoya, you know, Uh like if you want to actually 
make a move there, you could because I think Flock by playing in the middle of the field could play the right side of the field now, you know, and could go over the that side of the field. And, you know, depending on what you do with uh, um, the new signing we've made, um, you could have a situation where Flock is on the right, but Bedoy, Bedoy, or um, Flock is on the right, Miro's on the left, and then you have our new signing at the 10, maybe. Yep. Um, Pretty you know, impressive to just watch you visually try to put these <laughs> yeah. pieces together. Yeah. Justin, your mental guy gymnastics uh, <laughs> will be typed out on the description of the episode but, where you yeah. can watch no, no, it no. explode. Yeah. I mean, you, you're still going to have Martinez at the center. So then it's like, what do you want to do with the other th- the other three spots? And I think that's well, yeah. there's debate there now. You know what hey. you're moving to? Uh, dual sixes are- to go behind our dual tens. A four two oh, two. Yeah. Uh four you're da- two, you're, two. Yeah. You're, da- you're damn close to that. Yeah. Um hey, speaking of new tens, I'm gonna mess up a name because I don't know how to p- pronounce Hungarian names. Sorry. I'm actually I'm, I'm gonna mess up two. Um Thomas Kuhn. Call it that. That's probably wrong. I'm so sorry. This is awful. Um <laughs> interviewed Daniel Gazdag, which I'm a little more confident in at least the first name for that one. <laughs> um, and uh, apparently we're, uh, we're like known the world over, which is crazy. Um, apparently he heard about us uh, or there was some interest towards the end of the winter. So like the January window would make sense. Um, they reached out to Honda uh, in Hungary. They should- that last year, I guess, that just would have ended for them. Um, and then the the takeaway from the interview, uh, the question you talked about what you liked about MLS, but what attracted you most to the Philadelphia Union, which uh, what made you say yes to them? I also think it's probably funny that it's two Hungarians that had an interview in Hungarian that was probably then translated to English. Probably. I, I don't know. Um, that whole like languages thing always is funny to me in a in a neat way, not in like a haha funny way. Uh, I like the stadium and the whole infrastructure that surrounds the team. I saw what kind of high-level professional work is going on here. It's no coincidence that two homegrown players have been sold to Europe last season for no small fee either. Thank you for that. That was that was unnecessarily putting the club over, but I'll take it. Um, they also won the regular season of MLS last year, so we're talking about a successful club with serious goals. Uh, not only that, I think everyone saw his highlight reel and the filth that he's able to to create in the box to score and he's legitimately honest to god a number 10 who does not have the last name of someone else that we've just sold recently and thus has a large hype train around them purely based on that um he's also by his own statement sure kind of a 10 but not really Mm -hmm. a 10 because he's he said i'm an eight and a 10 (laughs) but i'm also playing the nine right now so just put yeah. me wherever and I'll just score you goals. Is that like that thing where you pad your resume? Not that anyone's ever done this, but where you pad your, you would hypothetically pad your resume to like get the job that you want. Where he's like, yeah, whatever. I can play anywhere. Like Erica, you did that once. So oh. I can play anywhere in the field. And you know, that um, happened. Not that there's any similarities. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately that was just down to no fault of Eric Ayuk as well. So <sighs> 
Views from the Bridge, the only place where we can talk about Eric Ayuk in the year of our Lord 2021. <laughs> you know who's not doing that? Tansy's not doing that. They didn't drop Eric Ayuk's name on their podcast this week. Fact check. It's true. Fact check. Fact, Fact check. check it. Fact. How many times did Tansy say Ayuk this week? Zero. I mean, I feel like we find a way to fit him into a podcast about monthly. I'm going to do a back handspring right now. I'm not. I'm not. I, I do think his name comes up way more than it probably should for the whatever. But <laughs> for his wonderful contributions to the team that we all support, the Philadelphia I mean, Union. Yes. So here's the thing. I think yep. it's interesting to me that he, that this, that this, this new signing uh, yep. thinks that he is a number eight and a number 10 and plays the number nine because isn't that what every one of our midfielders actually does? Yes. Well, honestly, I mean, he won't won't play the number eight, but well, this new, (laughs) this new signing is literally um, a better version of Anthony Fontana who has played the number six, the number eight, the number 10 and the number nine. So yeah. I, no, I, I'm excited. Um, I, I, I think before the season started, everyone was like, okay, where's the attacker? And now he's here. Or they're about. Um, he might be here I now. Am, he might be here in a month. He might be here. Uh, yeah. Month. Well, I, no, I mean, by, by what they were saying, he might be he's, on the bench for this next game. I was going to say, do we know if he's available or not for DC? I don't know how the transfer window works anymore because I sure. thought it was closed and thought that well, he was going to be a summer signing. Do you think and it's one of then, those? I mean, they yeah. could have had the deal done for like a year. We don't, yeah. we'll, we'll never know. That's so bizarre. This though. is, this is a, uh, uh, this is a Miami broke <laughs> the rules last year. So there are no rules. <laughs> Because the yeah, because the union weren't the only team to sign someone like basically this past week and then be like, oh, they're available now. Um, I I don't get it, and I mean I, but I wouldn't be surprised if for once the union are actually getting preferential treatment because yeah, won an MLS team to actually win CCL and having this new ten here sooner rather than later actually gives the union a chance against club america um i i've just i've just seen on oh what the hell yeah okay nope uh that's news to me sporting kansas city on march 10th put out an article the primary transfer window in mls this is crazy i can't believe this is a real thing is from wednesday march 10 to Tuesday, June 1st of 2021. I'm sorry, what? I don't know what that means about international transfers. So is there no secondary transfer window? Oh, Chuck, I'm glad you asked. Uh, July 7 to August. <laughs> Five. I'm, I'm sorry. The primary what? transfer window was originally slated to run from February 10th to May 4th, but was pushed back four weeks due to the late start of the MLS. Uh, the transfer windows are periods in which MLS teams can officially register any new players who are previously under contract with clubs based outside MLS and for which an international transfer certificate is... Yeah, so they could have done this, yes, uh, to... Oh, shit. Well, they could... Okay, so they could have done it today. 
No okay. wonder. Okay, this is why. That's crazy. So, so basically, it's open season, if, they, so. if the union feel like they want to add another player at any point during this In season, the they can just go and do it because they can. Th- they well, they can do it for another uh, two weeks, and then they could do it again for uh, another month in a month but i mean yeah oh oh, but overall the window this year is open for like half the season it might not even it might as well be the mls transfer uh uh, townhome it's like and and if you want to have four dps go ahead and do that too well yeah yeah i see but these are change your logo these are the beautiful things about not following fifa rules is that it's just whatever you want it to be that's so long. That's so long. You could literally get like two months into the, I mean, you could get two months into the season and go, oh man, we really need a center back. Ah, Jeff Cameron. But why, why would you do that? You shouldn't do that. Uh-huh. But I'm sure someone has thought about doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I'm getting in reports that someone's already done it. Someone's well, already not only, it. not only did someone do it, yeah. Jeff Cameron also got burned as he deserves <laughs> in multiple ways of the term um, in that game. And then oh, at, immediately asked for a sub. Which he did not get. And then, whoops, 3-2. Oh, man. God, it's beautiful. Um, and it's anyway. not even summer heat there yet. Nope. Or anywhere else that team sucks. Happen. That team is, They're bad. That They're team so is bad. real bad. Honestly, like, if we could just take solace in one thing, two things. One, not Chicago, who are also very bad. Not Cincinnati. Can, but can we have Cincinnati's money because they don't deserve it? Yeah, what are they? Yeah. Let's I see how many Premier League players we can add to our team. It'll still be bad. Yeah. Anyway. Bacadilla. Uh, Jeff so uh, our new number 10, who will probably be a better signing than Jeff Cameron, who will probably be better signing than Matej Orvek, but, you know. I mean, if he... Neither here nor there. If he's he even lived... half of the signing of yeah. basically our last three number 10s, um, we're sitting pretty. Yeah, we're doing okay. And I, I, I also think it's nice that that he's joining the long, longish the list that's getting longer of Europeans that come over and understand that this is also a platform for them to kind of raise their mm, standing, their their uh, ability to get views on them. I guess is, is a long way to say it in Europe. Like other European clubs will be taking notice because, well, partly because Jesse Marshkus got a new job and now they're going to be, well, that guy came from this league and uh, it's, it's MLS. I do think, I mean, yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, and I like that the union strategy is not, let's go get a 34 year old, you know, European based player who has been good at times and could be good again. So let's go get them. You know, it's not it's not that. It's let's go get a guy who is still decently young, who can still play, and let him play the game. You know, um, if you're, I mean, if you're on the transfer market and over twenty five, do you even exist to Ernest Tanner? Like, I, I don't think so, because he's one hundred percent just playing football manager on a filter. Where just don't show me any players over 25 at any point because I won't sign them. Yeah, and and that's what I mean. I just like, yeah, it's cool that Miami went out and got Blaze Matweedy, but like, I mean, the dude's over the hill. 
in some ways. I mean, yeah, you can come here and play in MLS and look decently good at 30, whatever he is. Um, but I'm just glad the union aren't doing that. I'm glad that they're going out and getting guys who are still in their 20s and still have, you know, are still like could could potentially be transferred back to Europe, you know, and like if they can raise their stake enough, they can go do that. And yeah, Ernst Tanner's not going to just sign. Yeah, he signed Colin, but he signed Colin as a, you know, four center back who probably won't see the field this year. Um, well, and I, I think you also need that little bit of balance of veteran MLS guys or just vets in general. Like I, I, I like the Matuidi signing for Miami if A, it didn't break the laws of MLS transfers and B because the dudes literally played in a world cup for France. Like there's not, there's, there, there's something to be said about, and, and like, I think Colin's a great guy in that where it's, he has a shit ton of MLS experience. And I mean, even not saying that Colin was a better signing than Matuidi, I think inner Miami would have done a little better if they would have grabbed like, uh, Matt Beasler, maybe, or or uh, or Jeff Lorenowitz, or someone that's not only been in a league forever, but has been in MLS forever, because then they can kind of, I don't know, help prepare some of these European guys for that stupid travel schedule. I mean, uh, yeah, that I think is true, and I think, um, you know, I, I was, was non soccer related. I was reading a story about the Miami Heat yesterday and how they have uh, Udonis Haslam at forty at age 40 mm-hmm. on their roster paying 2.5 million dollars to had now have played three minutes of the entire 2021 nba season Beautiful. and i think like that's why you keep a guy like colin around even if he's not mm-hmm. going to see the field he has now he is not only mentoring your center backs but he knows what to expect of of martinez flock you know, Real and Baiza, like, and he can help those guys, you know, figure out the defensive side of the game as well. Um, and so that's why you sign a guy like that. And that's why you keep a guy like that around. And especially losing um, Ray Gaddis and Warren Craval, like that's a lot of leadership walking out the door in this off season. Um, and I mean, realistically, even though he was young in years, Mark McKenzie being the leader at the center of the defense like you truly have to keep those guys around. Um, it's also super interesting to see like that reportedly the union have spent $2.37 million on um, their uh Why are you laughing at this? Two point three seven million dollars on what? Well, no, I I tr- I tried talking and then I heard the air conditioner again. Oh, um, but two two point three seven million dollars on their signings, and uh, um, gone ahead and pocketed ten million, let's say about from the sales. Yeah, yeah, they're not spending what they're selling these guys for. Which is we never really expected, but they're still spending more than we thought they would actually spend. Yeah, I guess so. because Gazdag is the most expensive purchase since Jamiro Montero. Mm-hmm. Serious goals. What Gazdag said. It's a ba- baby steps here. 
for not not a not a spending team, but spending more. I don't. I mean, that's the thing. I'm not sure you have to spend a ton to succeed in MLS, but you got to spend something. I mean, if you get a million dollar player here or there, it's just it's that's a and that's what's super interesting is the fact that a million dollar player for the union is worth a five to ten million dollar player elsewhere. So if they're going to consistently do that, then of course you don't need to spend five to ten million dollars because you're hitting better spending less. It's just usually um, the better bets in the transfer market are supposed to be in the five to ten million dollar range. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think, and it depends where they're coming from too, right? They're coming from Europe, they come from South America. You know, are they South American Young Player of the Year who doesn't seem to be also, I don't, I don't remember. Um, it was, um, was Gazdag captaining his team as well? Um, I can take a precursory Google because it, that would make like basically three of the recent signings with Fenley, Glesnes, and Gazdag all captains that the union has poached. And that means leadership that's not always only on the field. I So, I mean, he has six caps for Hungary. Um, oh, is transfer market showing our captain, though? Yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't know a good okay. way to actually see if so it was captain on the team without <clears throat> looking well, through every result for Budapest, Hanaved, FC. Yeah. 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 Uh I'm I'm great. I'm gonna just punt and say who knows? Probably not. I can't imagine. Because the clubs they got guys that are kind of all over the place age wise, and I doubt that he would unless he is that that good. Um But for but from captain. what we've seen so far, he is that that good. Actually, no, he was not. It's uh it's their holding midfielder. I mean, I'll just take your word with that because I don't know who their holding midfielder is. <laughs> uh, Patrick. <laughs> Go ahead. Patrick for another conquering haircut. H-I-D-I. <laughs> it's, it's probably so easy that I'm just overthinking it and getting it in my head. Um, I will say that uh, uh, the last year, or at least, yeah, the last year, um, Gazdag does have both leading goals with 13 and assists with six. So they have at least taken um, a good amount of uh, – of Hanved's production away from them. And that's good for the union, bad for Hanved. Yep. <laughs> Are we sad about that or what? Are we like, no, we're great. We're feeling great about whatever. it, honestly. Let's mourn for Hanved. <laughs> and I mean, pull I, one well, out for Hanved. And I actually, I like, I play at a fantasy soccer league with someone who lives in Hungary. That's wild. And asking him about Gazdag, basically, I got the response that, like, this dude is legit and um, shouldn't turn into Kristen Nemeth. Oh, well, that's good. Oh, <laughs> why'd you do that to me? 
because unfortunately we do have to drop disappointments but for the most part <sighs> I like hungarian that. imports into the league have done well it's mm. true they actually botan uh bara another hungarian name that i can just absolutely butcher today uh once sporting kansas city so uh weird or sorry came from sporting kansas city so uh, it, it, it would appear to be that Honved is, uh, is quite the active Hungarian side in, uh, in transfers, although they're in 10th place right now in the first year of the Hungarian League. Please do not ask me. I'm not going to say it. Nope, not worth it. Not nope. worth, worth trying that one. Nope, 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 nope. For sure. Uh, anything else we're talking about here, boys? Nope. I like this Great. team. You know. I, I really like this team. Can I can I have an unpopular opinion one time? Go ahead. Do it. Can they wear the home strip a little bit more? Sure. Yeah, that I mean that is a little weird that I the, get it. Oh, I mean it I yeah, it's like the I mean the away is nice. It's nice. But... I like it, but also it's not your home and it's causing a little bit of like kit clashy weirdness that I don't love. Well, also, I just don't believe that unless you're in those situations in which kits will clash, that you should ever wear your away or th at home. Like, that's what you haven't altered it for. Mm -hmm. The MLS did a really bad job of, like, monitoring for click kit clashiness. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've turned on more... MLS games this year that are actually painful to watch. Um, is that because of the kits or because of the fact that they're still trying to um, broadcast ads over fans now? So you can't oh, find the kids in that. the station. I know, in, I know. In oh the my stadium. God. Please just, guys, if you're broadcasting these games, please, there's fans in the stands. Let them be. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to look at the game and see where the field actually is because there's so many stinking ads on the screen. Yeah, it's 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 re it's really bad because I I know exactly what you mean that like this does feel like with all the excitement that is on the field for MLS because literally every other day it feels like the goal of the season is scored in this damn league. Um, it's absolutely insane. But for all the excitement that's on the field the actual broadcasts have taken such a step back that makes them extremely painful to watch um to which point you have to give the union just another plus for making their broadcast better with danny higginbotham just dropping knowledge mm -hmm. every play of every game mm -hmm. dude i seriously love like i i loved listening to him on nbc on on sunday mornings or whatever saturday mornings but dude during a game like it's incredible like it literally is incredible how he makes the game come alive it's yep. not it's not like oh look this player did this it's like no this player did this and this is why they did this and you're yeah. like oh yeah no. when it's when it's literally just like yeah he's forcing so and so to the outside because you can see the union are already setting up a trap and i'm just like <laughs> I, I don't see any of that, but holy shit. Yeah. It's it's crazy how good he is at reading the game 
from the broadcaster's booth and like mm-hmm. just seeing what's happening on the field and being able to, um, yeah, it's, it's I mean, great. And being able to also, clearly communicate it. Also just going from still doing the premier league on Saturdays to doing MLS on, on like Sundays or later Saturday, not mixing up the two leagues and actually looking like he watches MLS um is super impressive because as much as i love tommy um there were plenty of times when he had no clue about what was going on with the union let alone the other team you didn't know who was on the field half the time it's fine um yeah and i think another completely side uh side uh props to the union uh Jim Curtin's stylist. Mm. Is that a thing? Does he have a stylist? I maybe. Well, his stylist is what does the union shop want to sell out of that day? Yeah. I I I know, but here's the thing. I've seen plenty of coaches uh you know, wear a hoodie on the sidelines and just look absolutely terrible. Well, it's the little bow he does. The little bow and it's that is like hoodie actually fits and it's not mm-hmm. and like, his, just and his shoes either. generally match as well yeah if yeah i mean if they start telling people what shoes he's wearing like directly it's gonna be a problem for me <laughs> i i could definitely think of a couple of pairs that he's rocked that i would buy those like um, uh those tar heel blue jordans are oh so good and it, anyway. but it, it's also funny because he was one of he was already one of the better dress coaches yep. in the league but in a more professional way and now that the union have won the league he's just like i'm gonna do what i want i'm just gonna be comfortable out here hoodie hoodie and track jackets we'll take it but yeah anyway there you go i think we got it i think that's a comprehensive review of the union in the last uh, couple weeks there so i think that's Mm. it i think that's it i think we did it for Justin, for Chuck, for uh, for Paul, who's not here, for myself, thank you for listening to, once again, your second favorite uh, Philadelphia Union podcast, Views from the Bridge. If you um, want to spread the love, at VFTB Pod on the Twitters. You can find us there. Um, maybe, like, uh, subtweet all the other Union podcasts and ask them why they haven't brought up Erica Yuk or um, <laughs> Christian Nemeth in the last month or so. Just a thought. What's the most obscure union player you can bring up this week? I mean, we play that every week. <laughs> We're very good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll right, uh, talk to everybody guys. after the union uh, beat DC, probably. Take care. DC's pretty bad, so I would hope so. Right. Thanks for listening to Season 3 of Use in the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at VFTBpod. Thanks to our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. We are also sponsored by Robbie over at Icarus FC. Icarus will make the custom kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Get started at IcarusFC.com. Do you enjoy the show and want to support us? There are two ways. You can head to Design Tree at dsgntree.com slash vftv for our latest merch, or you can just buy us a coffee or beer at ko-fi, ko-fi.com slash vftvpod. Thanks for your listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm. 
Head over there to find all kinds of soccer writing, podcasts, and other content. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.